Welcome to the latest uh, Care Home Management Magazine podcast. Uh, This time we're looking at infection control, which is a key issue for care homes in the current uh, environment. Uh, I'm Steve Hemsley. I'm the publishing editor of Care Home Management Magazine. And this podcast is sponsored by Care Home Marketing Experts, Smooth Digital, helping fill care and nursing home beds with private paying residents. Uh, I'm joined by four experts today to discuss how care homes can stay on top of infection control. So uh, I'm delighted to welcome Paul Anderson, who's Managing Director of Myco. They're a uh, manufacturer of uh, washing uh, equipment, including sort of dishwashers. Uh, Debbie Harris, who's founder of Autumna. They support care providers and families to fund their own elderly care. Uh, Paul Kasler, he's Director at Aura Air, who produced some fascinating technology that uh, attacks viruses and bacteria. And we're delighted to welcome Anita Astle, MBE. She's Managing Director of Wren Hall Nursing Home in Nottinghamshire, and she's also a Director of the National Care Association. Uh, welcome to you all. I really appreciate your time on the Care Home Management Magazine podcast today. It's always good to let our listeners know a bit about who's on the panel before we start the discussion. So perhaps you could all spend 30 seconds telling us a bit about yourselves and uh, what you get up to in your organisation. Uh, let's start with uh, Paul Anderson at uh, Myco. Yes, good afternoon. Thank you, Steve. My name is Paul Anderson. I am Managing Director for Myco UK. Uh, Myco is a German company founded in 1927 and it's based in Offenburg uh, in the beautiful Black Forest. And, and we supply wear machines through our offices uh, and we specialise in the clean solution. And it also covers KD machines within our range, which have really been highlighted and um, very successful at the moment. They're the bed pash- uh, bedpan washing machines. So every type of wear washing through plates, cutlery, through to um, that side of the business we cover. Thank you. And uh, Debbie Harris from Autumna, perhaps you can tell me a bit about your organisation and your thoughts on the whole infection control debate. Yes, sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Debbie Harris, and I'm the founder and managing director of Autumna, which is a directory and advice line focused on the self-funding sector. I've been working uh, in this self-funding market for over 10 years and uh, have a history of innovation in the sector. Uh, I was actually the founder of the reviews on carehome.co.uk, which you may very well know. And I've just launched SAFE, which is an initiative that we think is going to be of fundamental importance for care homes in future years, particularly now, but certainly in the future too. And it is all about infection control. And I look forward to telling you about that later. Thank you very much, Debbie. And uh, Paul Kasler at uh, Aura Air. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me on today's podcast. In the last 20 years, I've been focused on Internet of Things technology uh, for the home business. Um, Two years ago, I identified a a unique air filtration system being developed by Aura Air. What initially excited me was the ability for these air filters to be monitored on a smartphone or tablet. Last week, we got even more excited as it was the first filter system to undergo COVID-specific clinical trials in one of the top 10 hospitals in the world. Thank you, Paul. That sounds great. Uh, And uh, can't wait to hear a bit more about that technology. Uh, And finally, Anita Astle, who's Managing Director of Wren Hall Nursing Home in Nottinghamshire. Uh, Anita, thank you for coming on the podcast. Maybe you can just introduce uh, yourself. I'm Anita Astle, Managing Director of Wren Hall Nursing Home and Director of the National Care Association. The National Care Association represents small to medium-sized providers across the whole care home range. And we ha- we do have 100 members who have nursing homes as 
as well. Thank you, Anita. And I wanted to start our panel debate with you, really, into as a care home provider, maybe you can give us some insight into how difficult, challenging it's been over the last few months around infection control uh, in the current climate, because I suppose it's been a very, very different year. I think it's been the most challenging um, that we've ever faced in um, the care sector. I'm a registered nurse, and it's certainly in my 35 years as being a registered nurse, it's the most challenging time that I've had. I think the main difficulty is that no one was prepared for COVID. We had no insight into the type of PPE that we were going to require. And because most of the PPE is produced in countries like China, and they'd experienced COVID before we did, then PPE was in short supply. And so it was extremely challenging for us to be able to manage um, within um, a pandemic with COVID. However, the infection prevention and control measures that we need to take to have in place, other than the wearing of masks, are no different to any other outbreak that we have. So I think most in the sector were set up to be able to deal with an outbreak, probably just not COVID. Yes, you say you were set up for it to uh, to some degree, but uh, it was a obviously a challenge. Uh, do you think that with what's going on with COVID, that uh, infection control has risen up the agenda in, in care homes? And have you become more aware of the different technology that's available? Within my own 54-bedded nursing home, we use a lot of digital technology. So that made it very easy for us to interface with families who weren't able to come into the home. So they were able to see their loved one's care plans and being able to see what was happening for them, even though they weren't able to directly see them. We were also set up so that we could um, interface with our GP through various systems such as System 1. And we have a meds management system which made it easier to um, for, for any member of staff to be able to administer medication rather than just reliant on our registered nurses. Now, Debbie, you're obviously very close to care homes, talking to them all the time. Uh, I, have you noticed uh, infection control becoming uh, a more of an important issue from everybody over over the last few months? Yes, I have. I think, though, to be honest, the the key area that we found that has really been highlighted is the consumer's recognition that infection control within a care home setting has suddenly become of prime importance. I mean, I don't think anybody had ever asked me about a care home in the last 10 years, you know, what's their infection control like? Nobody's ever asked me before. And now that is exactly what we're being asked. So the emphasis has come from the consumer as far as we've been concerned. And we're just trying to help the providers to evidence what they're doing, because so many providers are doing a very good job on infection control. And and as Anita has just said, it's something that they're actually quite familiar with doing. We just need to work out what it needs to be for COVID. Absolutely. Um, Paul Kasler at Aura Air, I touched on the uh, topic of technology there, the difference that's made. I mean, do you think that during COVID we have seen infection control technology really come to the fore? Well, I th- yeah, uh, what I think is uh, the main problem is that this particular virus is highly contagious. 
And uh, one of the things that upsets me is there's been a heavy focus on washing of hands and, and, and general disinfection of the premises. But up until the last couple of months, um, the press and the, uh, the politicians haven't really talked about the fact that these aerosol droplets, which are emitted from people talking, sneezing, coughing, um, and worse still actually singing, spread throughout the air quite dramatically. And there's been very little attention to that. I mean, if, if you're wearing a, a medical grade mask, you're actually only protected by about 30% in terms of particles coming coming at you. Um, however, obviously, if you're wearing a mask and you've got, you've got the illness, you, you're going to be pretty much protecting other people. But there's been a lot of, um, or a great deal of lack of focus on these aerosol droplets flying around in the air. Um, there was a couple of... Um, news reports recently about um, people realizing they need to turn their air conditioning systems off because all that's going to do is churn up these these fine aerosol droplets in the air and increase the chance of contagion we can definitely find out a bit more about those uh, droplets thank you paul uh, and paul anderson at myco have you had care homes asking you more uh, for more details about how safe the equipment is and how i suppose the infection can spread infection generally because on on equipment wow a great question certainly since covid took place and, and dropped on our doors the the awareness and the amount of people ringing asking for confidence in you know will this equipment eradicate covid has been immense absolutely immense and so we we wanted to make sure that we could do that um so we've had the various pieces of equipment tested in laboratories in germany but but i think because you know it's such a novel virus and the potential for it to spread creates very sort of heightened concerns on all areas of hygiene through to sort of sluice rooms, to the kitchen, to to everywhere, really. The virus doesn't have a brain. The virus just wants to spread, creates more virus and spread again. And you can't see it. So, of course, no one wants to eat off a dirty plate. No one wants to eat off a, a, you know, a dirty glass. And, and likewise, when you come to a sluice room and the bedpan and everything as well. So we have ensured that we've got certain standards in place that we can prove to eradicate uh, COVID. It has heightened everybody's awareness. And back to you, Anita, a couple of things there. What Debbie was saying about families now asking about care homes, infection control procedures, which maybe didn't happen before. And uh, Paul Anderson talking about um, suppliers having to sort of also reassure care homes and by association families that their equipment is safe and because there is that uh, raised uh, awareness and, and concern. Is that what you found? Yes, some suppliers, particularly the conscientious ones, have been really um, supportive and have given us a whole range of information. So one of the, the provider that we use for our software for care planning was able to give data around the incidence of COVID in care homes using that software and the incidence of staff sickness if you actually entered that data and incidence of death. So that was really powerful information that we could then share with Public Health England, etc. Other suppliers have been coming forward with various PPE um, different grades of PPE and how we might be able to improve the quality of the PPE that we're using. We've had help with zoning and cohorting within the care home so that we can prevent any spread should COVID be in the homes. And so, 
Yeah, there's been a lot of help and advice and um, you've talked about airflow, etc. You know, there's been some suppliers that have been talking about that. I think the other thing that we've had is suppliers helping us with storage of equipment, be it whether it's PPE or other equipment, because obviously we're storing more equipment now than we've ever had to before and space comes at a premium so there's been a range of different help that different suppliers have given us thank you uh, and now to, to your question uh, paul kasler at uh, aura air i mean you touched on it these um, airborne aerosol droplets that can potentially be carrying a uh, covid 19 virus in care homes um can you educate us a bit more about the risks here and what we maybe we are not uh, aware of and the um, the role of technology to help here? What's um, what's happening? I mean, there's been some um, some pretty st- um, old fashioned technology which has stood the test of time. So ultraviolet light, the C band of ultraviolet light has been proven to be very successful in terms of killing viruses and bacteria. I mean, I, I just just start off really with with the statement that you know if somebody does cough, sneeze, or or talk loudly, you know they will if they're not wearing a mask properly, they will be effectively. There's two types of droplets. There's the larger ones which will literally fall no more than sort of a quarter to a half a meter away from from the person and hit the ground and dissipate. But then there'll be these very fine droplets, which are between typically one to twenty microns in size, and they are super lightweight. They literally are floating in the air and and that seems to be one of the main um, causes for the transmission of the the virus a clinical mask will only stop about 30 percent of the small aerosol droplets this is uh this is from the lancet uh, medical journal in july this year and they basically said that uh Poorly ventilated and populated spaces like public transport and nursing homes have been reported as sites of viral transmission, despite preventative physical distancing. So, you know, that, that's the initial sort of discussion about the fact that these up, these droplets are flying around and there, you know, the, there is a requirement to suck them up as quickly as possible and to uh, destroy the outer layer of the virus. It's not a particularly tough virus, you know, in terms of terms of destroying it. But if you inhale it, that's the problem. So, do you think then, Paul, that maybe care homes need to look more closely at their ventilation and filtration systems, and obviously alongside the PPA PPE, has that maybe been an area that's been a bit overlooked? Well, the the two brothers that um, for the original directors of uh, of aura air come from a ventilation and air conditioning background and um, they decided very early on that they didn't want to actually put anything inside air conditioning or ventilation systems because they're inherently dirty so you know they wanted to start with a, a completely standalone unit you know rather than dabbling with existing systems doesn't matter how well you clean them they will get very dirty very quickly because you've got huge amounts of ducting inside so then you get into the discussion about whether you should put an enormous air filter in the corner of a room or whether you should have uh, a variety of units that sit locally as near to people as possible and again it became very clear that the latter was a primary objective so you know if you've got a huge filter that's sucking in these droplets in the corner of the room um, newton's third law basically says that for every action there'll be an equal and opposite reaction 
And the problem is that if they're sucking in huge amounts of air, they're also going to be sending out huge amounts of air, even when there isn't any any virus uh, in the room. So the whole problem there is you're going to be churning up the air to a substantial level. Paul Anderson at, uh, at Myco, I mean, can you relate to that as an equipment manufacturer that, you know, what what's going into care homes needs to be really well considered, doesn't it? And uh, because there are different risks that many people aren't uh, aren't aware of well we're in a sort of slightly different market but but nonetheless i mean you know we've had to make sure that you know all of our machines and most manufacturers have had to do the same that the you know that the cleaning and disinfection performance has to be proven to be highly effective i mean the bottom line is really i mean it's all to do with and the sinus circle is about agitation time temperature and chemical and if you get that mixture right within an appliance then you can achieve a really good standard of um of cleanliness and hygiene but actually only machines will do that so, I mean, we've still been into places where people are washing things by hand and you cannot put your hands in water at 60 degrees. You just cannot do it. So you're not actually eradicating the virus as such. So when we've taken calls to help people, we've, we've spoken through the machines and different appliances that we offer and we provide all the training and the correct use and, and thus we can achieve a good result. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's critically important that any machine that's washing or disinfecting is operated properly. And, and also the operator should ask the manufacturer, you know, has it been tested? Can it eradicate COVID? So, Debbie, I mean, what would you say here? I mean, there is a need, isn't there, to uh, to reassure families and care homes to be able to reassure families. But we don't always know the risks when we get new uh, new viruses, do do we? I mean, are we seeing families uh, showing more of an interest? Absolutely. Um, do you know, I, I was just sitting here thinking, I wish families could hear this podcast because uh, the consumer confidence in care homes is really low because they think it's a bed of infection. Um, and with the conversations you're having here, it just shows how much of an issue and how much of, um, of a focus there is in the sector on infection control. The public need to know what the industry is doing. That, that I think that's our role really and uh, I think it's fantastic the way the the industry has has approached this and to listen to to both Paul's uh, the services that they offer I, I think are exactly what the consumers need to know care providers are using and Anita I suppose from your perspective um, there is a need isn't there as a care home provider to go out on the front foot and tell tell families how much investment's being made how seriously care homes take infection control and how you're investing in the type of technology technology that is out there people were fearful um, no matter whether they were the general public or professionals, everybody was fearful of COVID. Some people are still more fearful than, than others. We do need to be able to offer reassurance. I think we did find people staying away from care homes um, initially. But I think the downside of that is that relatives who were taking on the caring role have found an additional burden on themselves doing that. I think it was around week six of lockdown that we started to see people that had been looking after their loved ones starting to seek respite care or even emergency care. 
So I think it's important that we work together with suppliers to offer any carer, whether they're a professional carer or or not, equipment that enables them to care for people in their own homes for as long as possible before they enter the care homes. But once they enter the care homes, that people have assurance that their loved ones are going to be cared for exceptionally well. And back to you, Paul, at uh, Aura Air. I mean, what what advice would you give to care homes um, who need to get on top of their ventilation filtration system to ensure these airborne aerosol droplets transmission is under control? Is it you know about auditing these 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 systems or checking when the last time they were replaced? Uh, what would you what would you say? Well, there's some fundamental problems, which is you know the the care home should not be stuffy or humid these are you know excellent vehicles unfortunately for the, for the coronavirus you know which is going to be a problem with winter coming in the fact you know that these care homes may well have closed windows um, so they need to be actively looking at the the right air filtration systems bearing in mind that they're not going to achieve substantial ventilation uh, as we come into the autumn and winter You're listening to the Care Home Management Magazine podcast with Steve Hemsley. Hi, Richard. Hey, Johnny. How's it going? Uh, Richard, not the best. I'm still struggling to fill the empty beds in the home. Oh, no. Have you given the guys at Smooth Digital a call? No. Could they help? Sure. They help care home owners like you and me fill our beds with private paying residents. They can market you online on Google and Facebook. Oh, yeah? I better give them a call. You'll be crazy not to, Johnny. I've built up a waiting list working with Smooth Digital. Just go on Google and search Smooth Digital. S-M-O-O-T-H. 100% Smooth Digital. You're a lifesaver. Well, welcome back to the Care Home Management Magazine podcast. Our special subject today is infection control. And on the panel, uh, delighted that we have with us today, Paul Anderson, Managing Director of Myco, uh, Debbie Harris, who's founder of Automana, Paul Kasler, Director at Aura Air, and Anita Astle, who's Managing Director of Renhall Nursing Home and also a Director of the National Care Association. Thank you all for joining us. Before the break, we were talking about technology. We were talking about getting the message out there that uh, care homes are taking infection control incredibly seriously now. Paul Anderson at Myco brings us on to your, your topic and what Debbie was saying about evidencing. And I know, Paul, uh, this is a big uh, concern for you, isn't it? And, and about evidencing infection control uh, so that care homes can demonstrate that the level of protection that they have for residents and obviously for carers and other other staff i mean how easy is that to do to show proof that you are on top of infection control well it's not so easy to do but i'm I'm delighted to say we have been able to do it but but it is critically important if you take the kitchen as one side i'll give you an example it's it's exactly the same whether it be in a care home or the harika sector or restaurant sector the government the government guideline basically is you should you shouldn't be able to wash anything by hand you should use a machine and we know of certain restaurants that have closed for the because machines have been not you know not working so it, it's critically important to know that something's there to give evidence and, and work properly i do believe 
there may be a second wave coming. We are we are talking to a lot of people to make sure that their businesses are protected in the right way, through from sluice rooms through to the kitchens. We've even got machines that actually clean half masks now. Um, I think Adam Brooks Hospital have taken um, the decision to use some of these half masks, and we've supplied machines to them. So no, it is critically important. Yes, and Paul, what about other areas like uh, bedpans? I know you you've called uh, before. For every care home, especially new builds, to have an ensuite uh, bedpan facilities, um, is this another area that needs looking at? Well, every care home has a facility of such. I mean, the majority of the machines in the UK are macerators, um, which is a sort of compressed cardboard pan. We we don't really do that. We specialise in more of washing the slip, or whether it's stainless steel or plastic. But uh, there are benef- there are benefits certainly for the for the latter, because you're not actually putting anything down the drain. It can create massive environmental problems and, and also uh, infrastructural damages. Yes, at the moment, anything to do with washing, anything to do with any transmission of the virus from possibly a sort of faecal oral route is is, is highly uh, sensitive topic. And uh, and, and it's, our business is being asked more of every day. And Debbie, you've mentioned evidencing a bit uh, on this podcast already. Uh, what will families be looking for from care homes what would you say is adequate um, and acceptable evidence i think care homes have got to evidence their infection control i think this is a problem that isn't going to go away whether we still have covid or not i think it has alerted to the public to infection control in care homes i mean um, the best example we had was about uh, four or five weeks into covid on our advice line people stopped asking us where is the best care home near me can you help me find it to where is the safest care home near me which I just thought was absolutely rang huge warning bells for us because everybody was talking about the fact that 60% of care homes didn't have any COVID and had got wonderful infection control problem was nobody knew which the 60% were Um, and neither did we and neither did our clients and that's when we came up with safe and and that is to help the providers to evidence to the public who really need to know what their infection control measures are. And Paul Kasler, I mean, evidence is crucial, isn't it? Whatever part of the care home's infection control pr- processes we're looking at, whether it is ventilation, filtration, just general uh, how, how the care home operates from a safe perspective. But what is safe? You only know, don't you, if you've got evidence, then people can make up uh, their own mind can you relate to what uh, Paul and, and uh, Debbie were saying there yeah I mean one of the the features of um, of some of the filtration systems is they report back in terms of for instance PM 2.5 and PM 10 levels now these are basically uh, droplets that are between one and 10 microns in size I mean it's other particulates as well but if you've got that sort of tool available to you in a care home you can actually see you know what level of droplets are actually flying around the establishment at any moment in time and um, what we're looking to analyze over the next few months uh, we've got various case studies in place is just to see how quickly the filter systems actually suck suck away those those droplets so what you'll see is you'll see a spike you know if there's a gathering of people together um, as those droplets increase the filter hopefully will do its job and then you'll see the level of those those PM 2.5 and 10 particulates reduce. And uh, and with our product, it's available on you know on an iPhone or a tablet um, for easy viewing. So you could actually have one you know in in various rooms for staff. 
and and also resident peace of mind. And Anita, I mean, you mentioned earlier about digital, how important that is for you in your care home and, and dig- digital transformation is a big, big area for all care homes at the moment. So I suppose being able to get that sort of smart insight that, that Paul's are talking about is really useful, isn't it? I mean, is that what's happening? Are you able to use digital to improve your infection control and our families and, and staff sort of asking for that sort of data to, to, to reassure them? No, we're not getting asked for it, um, but we are monitoring it and we are able to monitor it. I think it's important to have that information at your fingertips so that should you be asked for it, then you can give it. I think one of the biggest challenges that we currently have, though, is that there is now asymptomatic transmission of COVID um, that is evident. And most care homes now are having weekly testing of their staff, monthly testing of residents who are living within those homes. And the shock horror that um, is being experienced is that people are testing positive. And um, that's a really scary thing. So despite best infection control measures being taken, there is still people that are testing positive. Whether that's an issue with the actual the, the quality of the test or the actual technique of doing the test, we don't know, but it is a scary situation to be in. Yes, and back to you, Paul Anderson. Um, this need for evidence, this call for evidence, as a manufacturer, how, does that mean that you have to change the way you design products they have to be smarter don't they i mean is what's the impact on new product development now when when everyone and to use anita's point everyone is still quite scared about about covid and they rely on the equipment has it affected the sort of product development from a manufacturing perspective 100 percent, constantly we we always try and better ourselves i mean in, in any machine irrespective if it's in the sluice room or in the kitchen you know we want to use less water less energy less chemical be better for the planet longevity of life we have all always within the kitchen, always operated within HACCP anyway. And we can actually document through Bluetooth and, and record the temperatures of the machine. So if anybody has a has an issue, you can actually pull the temperatures up and you can see the stages of wash. So you can you can produce evidence to show that the final rinse was at a set temperature, which means it would eradicate or kill anything. So but if we need to enhance that even further for people to have better documentation or link it into one system that they may use on site, we can always try and look at that too. The whole of the manufacturers in our field are always trying to work towards this sort of connectivity factor so that all of the data from various machines can be pulled together. But it's funny now when you talk to kitchen operators, the word infection is now being introduced into that area too because they want to take um, considered thoughts towards the best practice for hygiene. So it's actually covering everywhere. So we need to make sure at all times we can provide the documentation and help the customer with it. You're listening to the Care Home Management Magazine podcast. And we talk a lot on these podcasts about digital transformation and connectivity. And one of you was talking about the Internet of Things earlier on, which obviously is crucial. I mean, Debbie, just to your topic now, I want to sort of explore more about SAFE, your symptom assessment for everyone um, initiative and how that works. I mean, do, do you think, you know, the families expect now care homes to be quite advanced and quite developed in this whole area to be able to demonstrate these things? And if you haven't had that sort of 
digital investment or digital transformation, it maybe puts you a bit at the back of the queue. I mean, what's happening here and that information they need and technology and, and how does that fit in with, with SAFE? It's interesting you say, do, we, do I think families expect care homes to be digitally able? I don't think families have very much expectation at all about care homes, sadly. I think very often families have absolutely no idea what to expect, what they should be looking for. I mean, they really don't know. And it's one of the reasons, actually, we're doing a beginner's guide to um, to finding elderly care. We're actually doing a short podcast on a Saturday morning to try and help families to understand what they should be looking for, um, regardless of the type of care they're looking for, whether it's care home or home care, because we are 99% of the people we speak to don't know what what to expect so to say do do they look for digital technology no i don't think they do however on autumna what we're trying to do is we recognize the benefit of it and how it will support families who uh, use those services so we're flagging it up on behalf of the care provider you know as anita said if you've gone through the investment and the time investment as well as the money investment of 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 implementing digital technology then i actually think it's a differentiator from the care home down the road and and it's something that we want to promote so i'm a big advocate of of digital tech in care so as far as um, as safe is concerned, uh, as I've said, we needed to evidence, and, and I hope we're going to be able to include some digital evidence in this, we needed to evidence how care providers were managing their infection control. And there was so little evidence available when we uh, first started hearing these questions, where's the nearest safe care home to me um, that we looked around and we thought well what evidence is there and to be honest with you there was only the emergency support framework um, that the CQC were doing so we gave care providers the opportunity to upload that onto Autumna as some element of evidence that they were managing their infection control as the only evidence that there was available. And that was the first phase of SAFE. Uh, We've continued to develop it because it's clearly something that's going to be needed going forwards. And we've started looking for other, within other sectors that have really got this sewn up. So, I mean, um, Paul was talking about uh, his air filtration and Paul, I'm sure you'll tell us uh, all the different locations that's used in, but we know that there's stuff being used in um, on aircraft, in railways, on uh, in airports. It's used all over the place. And I think what we're trying to do with the next phase of SAFE is to flag this up to care providers and say, look, this is tried and tested stuff. It's being used elsewhere. Is this any good for you? I think um, Paul also mentioned um, the UV light as well. You know, we know that that's used in the hotel industry. I think that could work in the care industry and the care sector as well. So we're just trying to flag all of this up on safe. I think from a consumer perspective, the, um, the consumer has to be reassured. There has to be some reassurance for consumers and, uh, and they need to know what the care providers are doing. And yeah, thank you. Uh, Anita, that's interesting, isn't it? What Debbie was saying there about how uh, consumers, families don't really understand or ask or even, th- even think about the digital transformation of care homes compared to a few years ago. Uh, and and how that might be impacting on uh, safety, infection control generally. Uh, I mean, do you think, do you agree that it's 
despite maybe awareness not being there about digital, that it is a big differentiator uh, locally. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's marketing tool. It um, sets you out above anybody else um, if they haven't got those types of resources available to them. I think the important thing is that whatever digital resources we use, that they use a friendly and there's a benefit to them so that you can see that either it's saving time, which is releasing staff from data collection to actually be alongside individuals and, and to support them. And also it's important to connect relatives that are external to the home so that they don't feel so distant that they feel that they're in touch with the care home and more importantly with their loved ones so I think it's really important and yes we don't know what we don't know until we're um, told about it and I think that's one thing that we've all benefited from with COVID is that it's pushed the boundaries so that we have worked differently and we have embrace technology in a way that we haven't before you know I used to spend hours driving between meetings where I don't do that now I stay within my care home I log on to either zoom or teams and I connect with people wherever they are so time's being saved we're doing things differently and there's great benefits from doing that so I think we should all look at how technology can help us in the future. And Paul Kasler, I mean technology is making a difference isn't it as Anita says and, and as Debbie says people want the information that the technology can provide when it comes to evidence. Uh, is the technology simple enough to understand? Is the technology industry very good at sort of explaining the benefits to uh, so that carers want to invest in it they can see the benefits of it because from what you've all been saying today uh what is possible is quite amazing uh now um is the technology you know pretty easy well i think one of the good things coming out of of this viral situation is the fact that uh, people are much more aware of air quality and there's various simple indicators that you can there's a, a thing called aqi which is the air quality index and then there's various parameters in terms of carbon monoxide, PM levels I talked about, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide. These are simply graphs. I think what people don't understand is what's bad and what's, what's, what's not bad for you. So one of the things that, uh, that, that we're certainly working, working on is um, our product captures the data every eight seconds. So we, we, have, we have huge historical data put in the cloud that could be looked at uh, you know, and, and, and analysed to see... Um, you know, if, if there is a critical situation, when it occurred and potentially why it occurred. So it's a very useful, you know, this, this digital, the word digital, I think, is, 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 you know, is often overused. But what we're talking about here is just capturing data and then putting a, a line to say, if it goes above this level, warning. If it's below a certain level, a certain agreed level by the clinical profession, then it's okay. And that would be a good metric, I think, for the care homes. You know, if a care home could say, we have monitored all our rooms, all our bedrooms, and that we are tracking this, and that we can prove over the last six months that our air quality um, throughout the homes has met this level. I think that's a very, very good empirical starting point. And it's not very technical. It's basically a line that's drawn on the graph to say this level's okay and anything that goes above that level you should generate an email or a warning to tell people something needs to be done i.e 
open the windows. And Paul Anderson, I mean, Paul Casler uh, uh, there talking about data in any business, including a care home, data powers the business, doesn't it? But it, it does have to be turned into uh, actionable insight to be worth worthwhile. I mean, do you think we'll see more collaboration between sort of suppliers and manufacturers uh, because of all this smart technology and providers sharing their data as, as, as well to, to help uh, people like Debbie to, to inform families about what's what what's going on. How important is the whole data area here? Oh, I think data is critically important. I mean, we learn a lot from data. You know, before years ago, we'd be running around like mad puppies trying to collect everything by hand and write it down and store it. And now you can access the system and you can have it yesterday. And, and it's and it's super important. I mean, from our side, you know, we, we, we supply machines of various different sizes. So data to us is critical because then we can we can log the, the, the right information. We've got a record of it. We, we know where it is. We know who, who bought it. We know who, who's on site. We can operate and, and provide the best maintenance for the machine or the best training. And, and basically, we try and look at it from like cradle to grave. So, you know, without that data, we couldn't operate. We can, we can then focus on different areas and we can find out how best we can support people in in specific fields so for example because care is quite a big part of our business when covid you know dropped upon us we particularly focused on giving additional support to everybody in that area with enhanced warranty uh, special rates on on maintenance just because we knew that area was going to be very heavily hit and continues to be so so the likes of care homes and hospitals you know with our data we could provide a much better focused support so yeah super critical and Debbie, back to you, having heard the uh, suppliers and Anita talking there about data and the power of data and how it helps uh, drive decision making in the care home and amongst sort of uh, manufacturers in, in what they're producing and the information they're, they're able to gather. Does it help you? Can you see more collaboration coming and that really it will be families will over time be asking for much more information like this and data is, is the key? Yeah, um, I hope so. I really hope so. And I hope SAFE is going to be sort of the catalyst that will allow people to do that or enable people to do that. Um, We're talking with a couple of organisations at the moment that will also be able to input training, you know, infection control training. I mean, how great is that? And uh, checkpoints for when you're looking for care, um, what sort of infection control you should be looking for. It's I think everybody needs to talk together. I'm a great collaborator. So I think the care industry needs to start talking to to each other. And I think we are starting to, you know, I mean, I'd I'd love to work with Paul and Paul um, and uh, and discuss how we can work together on safe and evidence their products on safe and promote them to the care industry. And if if uh, if the care providers are thinking, do you know what, that would work for me. Bingo. Well, it's always great when uh, we can uh, bring people together on the on the podcast uh, for uh, business reasons. So, so yeah, that's great. Why don't you guys? I'm sure you guys are staying in touch. Uh, well, that's um, all we got time for uh, this time. Uh, thank you very much. What a fantastic panel! What a fantastic uh, discussion about infection control and what's happening. Uh, so, thank you very much to my panel of uh, Paul Anderson, who's Managing Director at uh, Myco, uh, Debbie Harris, founder at Altomna, uh, Paul Kasler, director at Aura Air, and Anita Astor, managing director at Ren Hall Nursing Home and director of the National Care Association. Thank you. You've been listening to the Care Home Management Magazine podcast with uh, me, Steve Hemsley, and the podcast sponsored as always by Smooth Digital, helping fill care and nursing home beds with private paying residents. Uh, we'll be back soon with another podcast so thanks for listening look after yourself and we'll speak to you soon